Hello, Hello Horror, Horror Fanatics. Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh, oh the, the Horror. Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can check our website out at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Catch our back catalog, seasons one, two, catch up on three. You can uh, connect to your favorite podcast platform. Mm -hmm. We're all over the place. We but are. If there's somewhere that uh, you'd rather, you know, get us, mm -hmm. please let us know. And I'll mm -hmm. uh, look into mm -hmm. uh, connecting us up there. Yep. You know, but you could always spread some love to the website if you have to. The, or uh, if you're so inclined. Yeah. As Jen mentioned, you know, rate and review and subscribe. It really helps us out a, a bunch and... Here we are, creeping into October. Mm -hmm. We're getting there. We're creeping it real. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we're getting into the October months. This is the goody-goody stuff. This is when people come out of the woodwork and they're checking out horror podcasts. And if you like what we're covering here, yeah, we're on season three. And, um, you know, we're... Uh, we've been around for a while now. We have. You know... Three whole seasons. Three... Well... Two and two and change, you know. But, two and uh, three quarters seasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is episode one hundred and forty-five, baby snatchers. Yeah, it turns out um, the actual uh, classification for it is fetal abduction. Fetal abduction. Yeah. Okay, Which, so you were telling that story about the spider. So, I've had this weird feeling mm. by one nostril, mm -hmm. and all I. You were talking about a huge spider, but yeah. all I'm imagining with this weird feeling on my nose is mm. that a baby spider is building a web. Nice. <laughs> nice. So I'm like, where are you, I, baby spider? Yeah. I feel you. I think, I think you're, I think you're all right. You That's do? A, yeah. I think I'm going to yeah. be okay. Yeah. Just a heads up, uh, again, we'll keep repeating it for the next couple few weeks until, uh, until we, we burn it in, but, uh, we will be doing a video for... Halloween, our Halloween episode, mm -hmm. which will actually post the 30th, that Monday before Halloween. Correct. Yes, and that'll be us doing a hot sauce challenge while uh, answering some questions uh, submitted by the listeners. So if you have a question that you'd like uh, to ask us yeah, while we're uh, suffering through hot sauce mm -hmm. and talking about our favorite horror topics and, mm -hmm. and things, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we're basically going to be doing a podcast while um, just punishing- Suffering. Yeah. Punishing ourselves through hot Scoville units of uh, hot sauce. So, yeah, if there's anything you want to know about us or mm -hmm. anything you want to know about the show mm -hmm. uh, or just kind of uh, thoughts on past episodes mm -hmm. and maybe there were some additional questions that you might have had. Yeah. Uh, you this know, is your chance. Yeah, this is your chance. This is your opportunity, you know, mm -hmm. or to see what else we're into. Yeah. Because we're into Who quite knows? a bit. Yeah. So All over the place we are. Yeah. Fetal abduction. Yeah. Baby Snatchers. I think we'll go with fetal abduction for uh, the title. It's always going to be Baby Snatchers in yeah. my heart. We could do Baby Snatchers. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of got like a hook. Like, whoa, what's whoa. that all about? Who's snatching babies? Yeah. But this is Crazy basically, bitches. Crazy um, bitches are stealing babies. Yeah. You've got most of the research on this. So uh, you're going oh, yeah. to roll and run with this. But basically to clear things up for people, the topic today 
because it is a sensitive topic. It if is. you got to pull out, yeah, we understand. We, we get it. You know, there's some things we encourage you to stay in, but we could see where maybe this might be a little this too much. This could be crossing a line. Yeah. So this is murders of pregnant women for their unborn babies. Mm-hmm. These are actual, real, brutal, and savage crimes that take place mm-hmm. where the offender will literally cut the fetus from a victim's mother's womb in a bizarre replication of a cesarean section procedure. Mm-hmm. And uh, this type of homicide, it's statistically rare, mm-hmm. but not without precedent. No. I mean, there are definitely some that are going on. I, I did some some reading on this, and I think uh, there was someone that did some research, and from 2015, they identified 14 cases of homicide due to fetal kidnapping and two attempt theft of fetus cases for a total of 16 incidents. Mm-hmm. And that's what they found. So I would imagine there's so got to be more. So what's your sources six, on this? Six stories. Mm-hmm. They span time and locations. Mm-hmm. I have latimes.com, seattletimes.com, au.news.yahoo.com, fox8.com, canadiancrc.com, and nbclosangeles.com. So we're all over the place. Yeah. This is a pretty methodical thing, though. I mean... Yeah, this is brutal. Yeah, but also just like the the preparation for all this. That's what I was really captured by. All right. So let's rip into these. We're going right in. Sweet. We're going to start in Edison, Illinois. Okay. Three people were charged with killing a pregnant woman and two of her children and slicing open the woman's womb to remove her full-term baby, police said. The infant, named Elijah by relatives, was found with one of the suspects, uh, authorities said. The baby boy was in good health at a hospital. Investigators say they don't know who Elijah's father is and they would not discuss a motive. Mm Mm-hmm. Elijah was found hours after Deborah Evans, 28, and two of her children were found murdered. A third child, 17-month-old Jordan, was found unharmed in a bedroom in Evans's apartment. Jordan's father, Laverne Ward, was charged with murder and kidnapping along with his cousin and the cousin's boyfriend. Evans' cousin, Fred Moody, told Chicago TV station Sunday that Ward had beaten and attacked Evans in the past and that she had filed for a court order of protection. The body of 10-year-old Samantha was found in the apartment with Evans, and the tortured body of 8-year-old Joshua was found by police about 12 hours later in an alley in nearby Maywood. Police said Elijah was cut out of his mother's womb during the murders. They did not uh, notify Evans's relatives until Saturday that the baby had survived. Evans was due to give birth Within, like, days. Yeah. It was more than domestic, but it was not devil worship, said DuPage County State Attorney Anthony Pecorelli. Quote, it was planned. Here's a woman who's home with her children, and somebody comes into the home. There apparently is no forced entry, end quote. He also said there appeared to be no relationship to drugs. Besides Ward, the other suspects were Jacqueline Annette Williams, 28, and Fidel Caffey, 22. Ward and Williams are cousins. Caffey is Williams's live-in boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Police, acting on a tip, arrested Williams outside her home Friday night in the Chicago suburb of Schaumburg, 
She was carrying Elijah, said DuPage County Prosecutor Joe Burkett. Evans's live-in boyfriend, James Edwards, found the bodies when he returned home from work on the night shift, police said. Could you imagine Ugh. coming home? Because there's nothing neat about no. any of that. No. That's and she was, she was due to, to give birth any day. Yeah. Like, within days of the murder happening, <gasps> she was, that was her due date. Yeah. Man, that's, that's insane. I couldn't so, even imagine walking through the door on that, eh. you know. Well, and that's where these uh, these cases get pretty methodical because, like, this, um, uh, I was, my one source, basically, in uh, the whole of all this is practicalhomicide.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, this uh, person did quite a bit of research on these, and the profiles are interesting for these cases. Mm-hmm. You know, so usually... Um, out of the many that they were, you know, looking at, the primary offender was a female, yep. 19 to 40 years of age, mm-hmm. acting alone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was some exceptions where uh, there was, you know, accompanied by boyfriend and mm-hmm. cousin. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's the one you're talking well, about. Well, no, she was where, murdered by her, uh, one of her baby daddies. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all, a lot of the offenders have faked their pre- pregnancies, convincing family and friends that they were about to give birth. So this yeah. is where I was talking about earlier where like the planning on this is pretty methodical. Oh yeah. And I mean There's you, a pathology here. There's a crazy pathology here because you know basically um a lot of the women were unable to conceive. Mm-hmm. Uh some of the offenders had hysterectomies. Mm-hmm. Um another one had um uh like a tubal ligation. Yep. Some uh, um were pregnant and miscarried. Mhm. And in order to, you know, they they just never told anyone they miscarried. So they just kept up the ruse. And so the offenders, they put on weight. Mm -hmm. They dress in maternity clothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some offenders have even made uh, preparations for the newborn, including like setting up nurseries, visiting the hospital, showing their sonograms Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, the offenders, for the most part, on every single one of them, which obviously this is the case, they pre-selected and stalked their victims. Mm-hmm. Um, stalking incidents in- indicate like obsessions on the part of the offenders, which is manifested through a persistent and intense preoccupation with the victim and the target. There's a lot of planning that goes on here. There's a lot of this methodical stuff that's going. And historically, stalkers are usually male offenders. Uh, they're known to the victim. Mm-hmm. And in most instances, it involves former lovers. That's yeah. like your highest percentage of stalking. Mm-hmm. That takes place, you know, former lovers, boyfriends, spouses, right. yeah. et cetera, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get nothing. Uh, so it should be noted that there are also um, that there are also stalkers who are complete strangers to a Correct. target. It's not, yeah. you know, a one size fits all thing. But these, uh, you know, they can be men and women. And in cases such as these, the stalkers is invariably a woman with a fixation on obtaining the the victim's baby. And um, yeah, it's either through meeting on a casual introduction, uh, engaging the victim, befriending them, offering advice, assistance, gifts. Yeah. And they're just trying to get rapport into this person's uh, life. And yeah. So our next one is from Kennewick. This is from the Seattle Times. Okay. 23-year-old Kennewick woman is accused of stabbing to death a pregnant Pasco woman and then cutting 
her unborn child out of her womb and trying to pass the baby off as her own. Blue mechanics gloves soaked in blood, a box cutter, bloody paper towels, a baby bottle, and a mucus bulb are among items suspected of being used to kill Araceli Camacho Gomez and steal her nearly full-term baby. Details of the slaying were revealed when Pingchai Sisuvan Sayan I'll take your word Havang for it. made a preliminary appearance in Benton County Superior Court. She was ordered held without bail in the Benton County Jail on suspicion of aggravated first-degree murder. Camacho Gomez was found dead in Columbia Park about 1 a.m. Saturday with her hands and feet bound by yarn and massive trauma to her stomach area, court documents said. The 27-year-old, who was about eight and a half months pregnant, was stabbed multiple times in the chest. The infant boy was recovered about two hours earlier and is on life support in critical condition at Deaconess Medical Center in Spokane, said Kennewick Police, Police Chief Kent Honenberg. <sighs> Suvana Singavang was, was arrested late Friday is expected to be arraigned this morning. If convicted, she faces life in prison without parole or prosecutors could seek the death penalty. Defense attorney Christopher Swabi was appointed by Judge Robert Swisher to represent Suvana Sienavang on an interim basis until an attorney approved to handle death penalty cases could be found. Mm. Prosecutor Andy Miller has 30 days to decide if he'll seek the death penalty. Few details about Friday's slaying have been released by officials since Camacho Gomez's body was found. Court documents, however, reveal a partial timeline of the events from late Friday. Susavang Sinhavang called 911 emergency dispatch at 11.04 p.m., saying she was by J.C. Penny and had just given birth but thought the baby had died. The call ended, but dispatchers traced it to the area of Columbia Park Trail and Edison Street. Seven minutes later, the defendant called again, and the call was traced to Kellogg Street and Medellin Avenue. Kennewick police and firefighters went to the general area and found Susanov Sinavong in the WorkSource parking lot. Fire Captain Mike Michael Barnett pulled the baby from the driver's side rear door. A significant—oh, I'm sorry. I missed a part. Officer Ryan Kelly saw Susuf Suf First name's good, babe. You don't have I'm to read the I'm just going to go with thing. SS yeah. in the back seat, repeatedly asking, is my baby okay? She was holding what appeared to be an umbilical cord and was wearing only a shirt. She had no pants or underwear on, documents said. Quote, a significant amount of blood and pieces of human tissue were found in the back seat, documents said. The defendant and the baby were taken to Kennewick General Hospital, where medical tests showed she had not recently given birth. Camacho Gomez was found in the same area of Columbia Park, where dispatchers traced SS's uh, first 911 call. Court documents said officers found the blood-soaked mechanics gloves, box cutter, bloody paper towels, yarn, latex gloves, mucus bulb, baby bottle, and baby socks in SS's purse. Officials wouldn't say whether the box cutter was used to cut or stab the victim. An autopsy showed Camacho Gomez died of blood loss, primarily from four stab wounds to her chest, Corson said. Cuts in her uterus also were consistent with the body being cut to remove an unborn child, court documents said. It's unclear whether Camacho Gomez was killed before her baby was cut from her womb or she was still alive at the time, Corson said. He is working to narrow down an exact 
time of death. Officials also wouldn't say how the two became acquainted or whether Camacho Gomez was killed in the park or her body was taken there. Yeah. Camacho Gomez's family reportedly realized she was missing about 10 p.m. on Friday. Friends of the family told the Tri-City Herald on Sunday that a woman, believed to be the suspect, met Camacho Gomez on a bus Friday and offered to give her some baby clothes. Camacho Gomez's husband, Juan Campos Felipe, said he last saw his wife about 6 p.m. Friday when he took their two children to the grocery store. When they returned home about 9 p.m., the front door was open and she was gone. Their oldest son, Carlos, said a woman had picked them up at the bus stop earlier in the day and gave them a ride to Griggs Department Store. The 10-year-old said his mother told the woman she had two more weeks until the baby boy was due and the woman said she had baby clothes for a boy. Camacho Gomez gave the woman her address and phone number, the family friends said. Mm. Little is known about SS. Mm -hmm. She does not have a criminal history, officials said. And she's a 2004 graduate of Kennewick Southridge High School and was on the school's honor roll in 2001. Oh, it's terrible. She was married May 14th to Ken Sinavong, 35. Their marriage certificate was filed with the Benton County Auditor's Office on May 19th. Five family members attended Monday's court hearing at SS, as SS appeared. She only spoke to pronounce her name for the judge and to confirm that she understood her rights. SS might be a Laotian citizen, Miller said, adding that the La- Laos consulate has been notified. I can't even imagine being the spouse. Because, like, here you are just, like, praying constantly that, you, know, you have a safe, healthy you have a baby. safe, healthy baby and that, you know, mm-hmm. your wife stays, you know, safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. And you're just hoping that you're hoping for like no complications, no complications, everything that goes smooth. You know, you don't easy, want to like a Sunday morning issues, you know, and then you get a phone call, you know, hey, we're calling about your wife and you're instantly thinking like car crash mm-hmm. or, you know, something, you know, which is already you're not thinking this. No, which is already terrible. Yeah. And then this scene unfolds. And you're like, holy, I'd like, I can't even imagine like how I would react in a situation like that. I mean, I don't know, you know, cause I mean, you, you are literally talking about something that's just unimaginably evil yeah. in this. And what makes this case interesting is this was actually outside of the home because the majority of them take place in the Either home. Either in the, the pregnant woman's house or the uh, the offender the offender's house yeah, but a it's, lot of times yeah. it's the offender's but house. it's very rare that it's like out yeah. in the open and uh, a lot of the cases that I read it was an act of desperation mm-hmm. that that took place you know and again to throw how methodical this is you know you have someone that has to convince everyone around them that they're pregnant when they're not pregnant so that's gaining weight. That's putting the clothes on. That's doing the whole thing. Like I said, making the nursery and all that stuff. And then, you know, or or you're pregnant yourself and something didn't work out. Yeah. And now you've got to come up with a baby. Yeah. And it's just this. Yeah. I still like each one I was reading. I couldn't wrap my head around. It's like, holy shit. You know, this is unreal that people do this. You know, I mean, I just the fact that it's an option. And, you know, man, men do some terrible things. And I'm not going to get around that. You know, I mean, they do some just brutal My stuff. My point and purpose but, for doing this oh, yeah. was to show that women can be as brutal 
Oh, or worse. I'm sorry. This is worse. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to paint BTK in a good light no. or Son of Sam in a good light no. or, you know, any of those guys or Dahmer. You know, they're all evil monsters. Mm -hmm. They really are. But there's this, uh, I, I heard it a lot growing up where, you know, it just, oh, if women did all this, it would be so much better and all this stuff. It's like, no, they do some wicked shit too. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Batore, yeah, uh, Marie Delphine Lalaurie, yeah, and these yeah. aren't new ones. Like no. those are oldies. No, you know, yeah. Um, you know, is it on a frequency of with men? No, you know, men are definitely repeat offenders on things, but but like men are quick. Like it's not planned too much. Carla Hamolka, you know? like I said, from Ken and Barbie Killers. This is yeah. a plan. This oh. is a nine month plan. Yeah. You know, I mean, you want to talk about methodical and talk about like having things and then and then you got to realize like, all right, you got to cut the baby out of the womb. Mm -hmm. So you've got to study up on this. You got to figure out tools that you have, you know, and all these people that were offenders and all that when they were caught. I mean, like they had the tools, they had yep. all this stuff. I mean, it just. um, Yeah, it's a crazy situation. So, so far, we've got the state of Illinois. Yeah. State of Washington. Washington, yeah. Let's go to Colombia. Oh, nice. After a pregnant woman's body was found on the side of the road, another woman has been accused of hiring a hitman to kill her and cut her unborn baby out of her womb. This is in the village of Chacoa in Colombia. A woman was found dead on the side of the road with horrific cuts to her throat, face, and abdomen. She was half naked. Blood-stained clothes were found nearby. Her hands were bound, and her intestines were hanging out. Authorities believe she was killed, like, days before. Let's see. They found her. No, they believe she was. So they found her the next day. Next day. When she was found, she was partially eaten by carrion birds. The woman was later identified as Sandra Joanna Alvarez Solano, a 37-year-old who was born in Garagoa, north of the Colombian capital of Bogota. So, like. Yeah. <laughs> Saucha Mayor Juan Carlos Saldariaga said Ms. Solano was homeless, and it is believed a woman hired a hitman to kill Ms. Solano and steal her unborn child. At the time of the murder, Ms. Solano was 37 weeks pregnant. Mr. Saldariaga said the perpetrator was paid 15 million pesos, so about 5,500 5, American, to carry out the act. Yadira Alexandra uh, Jepes Sotelo, 23, is suspected of authorizing this murder and has been arrested and allegedly admitted her guilt. Mm. Ms. Sotero reportedly lost her own baby two months earlier and failed to inform her partner or relatives of the miscarriage, faking the continuation of her pregnancy, and then she then tried to pass the stolen baby off as her own. Yeah. The crime was reportedly discovered when her family took her and the newborn to the hospital after she apparently gave birth suddenly. Their doctors found she lacked the physical characteristics and hormonal load of a recently pregnant woman. Ms. Sotelo was questioned by police, who noticed she was nervous and found inconsistencies in her statement. Later, CCTV footage showed Ms. Sotelo walking with a baby in her arms along with two men in the rural area near where the baby was found or where the body was found. She reportedly has a criminal record for aggravated theft and was under house arrest for another murder at the time of the latest crime. 
The baby is under the care of the Colombian Family Welfare Institute and is said to be in good health. Police are now attempting to find the two suspected material authors of the crime. The three are believed to have lured the victim by inviting her to consume hallucinogens in the area where her body was found. It was there that the men allegedly used a knife to commit the crime, leaving the victim to bleed to death. Ms. Sotelo has reportedly been charged with aggravated homicide, torture, and trafficking of children and adolescents. Man. You know, and here's the thing. Like, <laughs> we do a lot of these, uh, like, serial murders and things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of times, like, I'll catch you with it, but I also catch myself with it, where you're trying to logically figure your way through this like a normal person. You know, like... How how would you do this? You know, why did they do it this? Why did they do this? And why did they do that? And you got to pinch yourself and remind yourself that there's nothing normal going on here. Normal went out the window years and years ago. You know, there's no rational thought here. And this just goes to show, you know, I mean, even creative director He's Dean Winchester agrees as well. You know, but it just, there's no, yeah, there's no coherent thing going on there, you know, other than this agenda that they got in their mind and everything else is just in the way. And it's just amazing to me, you know, like what I find is I always like to think there's good in everyone. And I always like to think that people will try to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. But then you hear these stories and it goes back to, there are people that are broken. They're broken. And I don't know any other way to say it. And you hope that, you know, you hope they find God or you hope they find some sort of inspiration to be a better person. But at the end of the day, you're really talking about some messed, like there's no morality at all in this. And like I said, the tough part is, is you've got to consider that. But then also there's this methodical planning and like this orchestra of events, you know, that takes intelligence yeah. You know, and take somebody who can think and hold a thought, you know, so you could just sit there and be like, Jesus, these people are crazy. But there's there are brilliant, crazy people that, yeah. you know, because, yeah, to commit to this act and to commit to that. That situation of being an expectant mother, knowing damn well, like how this is going to end, there's no other way for it to end. You're basically getting your chips and just pushing them all in, saying this is my plan there's no other option, you know, and it's like, holy cow, there's adoption. There's yeah. all these yeah. other things that you could do, you know, I, you know. So our next one, uh, the they're from Missouri. A woman convicted of fatally strangling a pregnant woman, cutting her body open and kidnapping her baby is scheduled to be the first female inmate put to death by the U.S. government in more than six decades, the Justice Department said. Lisa Montgomery is scheduled to be executed by lethal injection on December 8th at the Federal Correctional Complex in Terre Haute, Indiana, and she would be the ninth federal inmate to be put to death since the Justice Department resumed executions after a 20-year hiatus. Montgomery was convicted of killing 23-year-old Bobby Joe Stinnett in the northwest Missouri town of Skidmore in December of 2004. Montgomery drove from her Kansas home to Stinnett's house in Skidmore under the guise of adopting a rat terrier puppy, prosecutor said. When she arrived at the home, Montgomery used a rope to strangle Stinnett, 
who is eight months pregnant, but Stinnett was conscious and trying to defend herself as Montgomery used a kitchen knife to cut the baby girl from the womb, authorities said. Prosecutors said Montgomery removed the baby from Stinnett's body, took the child with her, and attempted to pass the girl off as her own. Montgomery's lawyers argued that she had been suffering from delusions when she killed Stinnett, but a jury rejected her defense. Her lawyers also argued that she was suffering from pseudosciases, which causes a woman to falsely believe she's pregnant and exhibit outward signs of pregnancy. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you, you not to be outdone. We're going to go to New York next. Well, of course, New York's got one. <laughs> I was waiting. It's a. Uh... <laughs> It's a matter of time before New York crawls in the world. Pregnant Bronx mom fatally stabbed by woman who cut child out of her womb. And this is from Saturday, November 21st, 2015. A deranged woman fatally stabbed an expectant mom before cutting a baby girl from the dying victim's womb. The baby, later named Little Genesis, miraculously survived the Bronx horror. Officials described the Friday delivery as a crude operation where the girl was surgically removed by the perpetrator. The newborn was taken to Montefiore Medical Center and listed in stable condition hours after her mother was murdered. The mom, Angelica Sutton, was eight and a half months pregnant and preparing for the baby's arrival on December 2nd. Her baby registry on thebump.com was full of items she needed, including a koala baby folding hamper, a convertible crib, and a pink baby essentials duffel diaper bag. She also was registered at Babies R Us and Target. Sam Costanza for New York Daily News, NYPD crime scene detectives, carry bags of evidence found at the scene after Ashley Wade attacked expectant mother Angelica Sutton and cut her baby girl out of her womb. But the 22-year-old mother's dreams of rocking her newborn daughter in her arms came to the grisly end inside Ashley Wade's apartment on Monticello Ave in Wakefield, cops said. Wade, also 22, allegedly strangled Sutton, then cut the young woman's throat before knifing her in the stomach about 2.30 p.m., cops said. She then tore out her victim's child, according to Councilman Andy King. It appears the fetus of this woman was removed, surgically removed by the perpetrator, King said after being briefed by the police. This is an ugly incident that cannot be condoned. When the first responders arrived, Wade claimed that the blood-soaked baby was hers, a police source said. Quote, she tried to sell the idea that the baby was hers and she'd just given birth right there, a high-ranking police source said. But that was clearly not the case. Angelica Sutton was eight and a half months pregnant before being murdered. So cops were conducting tests Friday night to confirm that the baby was Sutton's. Horrified witnesses, uh, paramedics, take Sutton out of the home on a stretcher. One emergency worker was performing CPR on her as they wheeled her to the waiting ambulance, neighbor Diana Rivera, 35, said. She was wrapped up and there was a lot of cops around her, Rivera told the Daily News. She was bleeding and it looked like a lot of blood. Sutton died at Montefiore, the same hospital her newborn was brought to, police said. Little Genesis was expected to survive, a miracle in itself, cops said. Usually when something like this happens, the baby's dead, a police source said, which means this has happened before there. Patrick Bradley, 
Sutton's boyfriend was in a state of shock as he tried to see the baby at Montefiore, but he was told he couldn't because of the pending investigation. Quote, I'm the baby's father. I've been with her for eight years, a frantic Bradley told the news. I don't know what's going on. Were there any survivors? He was seen weeping in the emergency room. Detectives brought Wade out of her apartment in handcuffs, neighbor, neighbor Vivette Williams said. She looked sad, Williams, 57, said. Charges against Wade were pending Friday night as she was taken to Jacoby Medical Center for a psychiatric evaluation. Sutton and Wade went to school together, according to a relative of the victim. Shocked relatives said Wade was a school friend of Sutton's. Quote, Ashley called her to rekindle the friendship, and then she did this, Sutton's aunt Zika Donaldson said. Wade's boyfriend, who called 911 after walking into the blood-splattered apartment, was also being questioned Friday evening. Sutton, who had just graduated from St. John's with a criminal justice degree, lived with her two sisters as she awaited her baby's arrival. Her father is a pastor at the uh, nearby Zion Hill Pentecostal Church. Quote, I can't believe it. I just saw her earlier today, said one devastated neighbor. A man whose life sentence was overturned. Oh, sorry. Now now we're in another one. (laughs) Now we're into North Dakota. But, I mean... This chick sought her out to rekindle their friendship. Yeah. Only so she could steal her baby. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, she was probably like she saw her on Facebook or something and, oh, hey, you know, this, this was my baby shower type of deal. And she's like, hey, I know where I can get a baby. I was so looking into this, I was like, what's the motive here? You know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's the motive to get the baby, but like, what's, what's really like the true motive on this? Cause like, you'd think it's gotta be something incredible I mean, to go through all of this work yeah. and to do all of this. And many of the cases are just to sustain a relationship with a male partner by providing them with a child. Mm-hmm. That's like a lot of them, mm-hmm. which in its own right, it's just as sad as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones are women had convinced their significant others that they were pregnant. Yep. So, you know, they convinced them through mm-hmm. one method or another for one reason or another. And now, okay, you've convinced this significant other you're pregnant. Yeah. And now you're in this, this trap. You got nine months to figure that yeah, shit out. <laughs> you got to You got to figure this trap. And it, what amazes me is instead of saying... Yeah, look, I was just lying or yeah. I was just, you know, this is where There is an easy out. Hey, I was pregnant, I miscarried. No, exactly, exactly. So this gets into the other part of it where it's just you know, you had uh motives that weren't clear in some cases. Other cases uh the offender was just obsessed with becoming a mother. Yeah. You know, just that obsession alone. And um you know, those are ones that even offenders like didn't have a significant male in their life or whatever. You know, other ones, uh, they convince family and friends and co-workers that they were going to give birth. Again, the whole story of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, carrying a book filled with snapshots of themselves being pregnant, you know, or looking pregnant. Having nurseries, again, like we were talking about, stocked with baby items. and Some hospital bag packed shit. And, yeah, you know, and just acting like they're ready, you know, even having the bag packed 
like all these yeah. little things, you know, there's, it's, it's insane. You know, there was another one that, um, uh, it was a motive that basically it was proposing that another motivation is to fulfill a, just a childbearing and delivering fantasy. Like it just starts off with this fantasy and morphs into this, you know? So basically the female abductors in essence are becoming like this mother by proxy mm-hmm. by acting out a fantasy of them delivering the baby. So there's a lot of deeper pathology going on here that's pretty fucking messed up, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, the abductors are just deciding to do something physical to get the mm-hmm. the baby, you know? But, I mean, there's, a, again, a lot of planning and preparation in this, you know? And this is pretty much all of the, the cases where there's very organized and criminal behavior going on mm-hmm. here. And, um, you know, these offenders could encompass some force, you know, some form of delusional thinking, but not just to the point of insanity. Like I mentioned before, they are able to plan yeah. all of this stuff out. Uh, they were fully conscious of their actions, uh, their intentions. They chose to kill the victim mother of their unborn born child to fulfill basically a narcissistic need. Yeah. This is narcissism. You know, this is being a narcissist like to the. Yeah for millionth power. And then the offenders dispose of the victim mother to effectively cover up their crime and avoid detection. You know, this is very consistent with psychopathy than psychosis. Right. You know, and, you know, there's a lot to be said there with, like I said, all of that planning, all of that initiative to go and and do all this, keep that story. And yeah, I just marvel at it. Because again, thinking with a normal mind, you could say, Oh, I had a miscarriage or, yeah. you know, even if you went that far with it, but no, it's going the whole distance. And yeah, you're, like I said, I, to me, this is really getting at like the root of evil, you know, like this is, this is big time evil. Cause you really can't just call someone crazy on this one. Yeah. A man whose life sentence was overturned in the death of a North Dakota woman whose baby was cut from her womb was resentenced. To 20 years in prison after he apologized and pleaded for leniency in front of a nearly empty courtroom. There were no apologies from East Central District Judge Tom Olson for the life sentence he gave to William Hone later that year, or later last year, for his role in the 2017 killing of Savannah Graywind. So this is 2018. Only for the state Supreme Court to overturn it on appeal. Quote, I want to sentence you to as long as I can by law, Olson Olson told Hone, the judge somberly noted that Graywin's child, who survived the attack, the attack will still be in high school when Hone is eligible for parole, although his exact release date will likely be decided by the State Department of Corrections. Quote, that is something that has stuck, struck in all of us, Prosecutor Leah v- uh, Viste said afterward. The state Supreme Court ruled in August that Olson had mistakenly deemed Hone a dangerous special offender on his previous crimes, which would have made him eligible for a life sentence, and said Olson shouldn't have strayed from maximum allowable sentence of 21 years. Olson handed out the maximum the second time around, 20 years for conspiracy to commit kidnapping and one year for lying to police, but said state statutes forced him to allow Hone to serve the sentences at the same time. Hone pleaded guilty to those two charges, but he was tried and acquitted in September of 2018 on a third charge, conspiracy to commit murder. 
His lawyer argued that Hone's girlfriend, Brooke Cruz, was the mastermind behind the killing and that Cruz admitted she had sliced Grey Wynn's baby from her womb. Cruz pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Viste believed Hone could have received the full 21 years, but said Olson, quote, read the law differently, and she wasn't going to quibble over something, quote, not terribly significant. Before the sentence was pronounced, Hone apologized to, Gray Win- to the Grey Wynn family, even though none of them appeared to be among the fewer than a dozen observers in the courtroom. Quote, I think about and pray for them every single day. Every day, Hone said, beginning a five-minute speech that Viste said fell flat with her. Hone showed little reaction after being sentenced, although his attorney, Scott Brand, said in the interview that his client was quite distraught. The two men chatted for several minutes at the end of the hearing about possible next steps, which Brand said could include an appeal. Quote, as I described it in the courtroom, no matter what happens today, the community is still going through a huge loss that's going to take years to recover. As Judge Olson said, they might not recover said Brandt, who recommended a sentence of seven years in prison and five years probation. Gloria Allred, an attorney for the Greywind family, said last month that Savannah's relatives were, quote, disappointed and upset about the state Supreme Court ruling and were hoping that Hone would receive the maximum sentence on Monday. Viste said Allred emailed her earlier and said the family would not attend the hearing but did not give a specific reason. Quote, I believe they're just tired, Viste said. Grey Wind was a member of the Spirit Lake Sioux Tribe, and her family has ties to the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa, two North Dakota tribes that traveled to the Fargo area to search for Grey Wind after her attack. Her death prompted former North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp to introduce Savannah's Act, which aims to improve tribal access to federal crime information databases and create standardized protocols For responding to cases of missing and murdered Native American women, the bill is currently in limbo. Hone's murder trials seem to turn on gripping testimony from Cruz, who told the the court that she had pretended to be pregnant because she was afraid of losing Hone, and that when he figured out she was lying, he told her she needed, quote, to produce a baby, end quote. Cruz said she believed this was, quote, an ultimatum. Cruz said... She never explicitly told Hone what she planned to do and that he appeared surprised when he arrived home to find a newborn in a bleeding gray wind in their bathroom. But she said after discovering the bloody scene, he fetched a rope and twisted it around gray wind's neck to make sure she was dead, an assertion that was disputed by a fellow inmate of Cruz who testified Cruz told her in prison that she handled the rope by herself. Hone testified that he had believed Cruz when she told him she was pregnant and that he had been elated when he returned home and heard a baby crying. Just for the record, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, if I were to tell you I was pregnant, and then all of a sudden you come back from work and you hear a baby crying, like, that's that's not how, it's not how any of this works. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, I mean, there's so many weird ends on it. You know, like as you were telling these stories, I was putting myself in the position like, like, what if I was with someone Mm -hmm. and they're, hey, I'm pregnant. Or 
In Not the- even. What if they don't say anything no, to you? No. And then all of a sudden you come home from work one day and you hear a baby. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying like, you know, I come home from work and it's, hey, I got some amazing news. We're going to have a baby, mm-hmm. you know, and you go through all the motions, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting these tests, you know, mm-hmm. she's coming home with these tests and you're looking and you're like, yeah, okay, that's great. You know, mm-hmm. everything's healthy. Everything's fine. You know, you don't go to the appointments, but, you know, maybe it's just voicing some uncomfortability or, you know, I just, you know, you know, so that would be like your first red flag. You know, I'm trying to think of like going through it as like the person that's partnered with this this person here and has like no idea about it. And then, you know, so you're sitting there and like the, the day's coming, you know, you get the bags packed and like everything's all set. And then like all of a sudden oh, I had the baby and come home with the baby and then, or it doesn't even get that far. You know, the arrests are made and everything and like you're at work or you're hanging out with your friends and like you get the phone call. Hey, Frank, can you come over to the cop station? You know, and you go over to the- We need you you to come to the police station. Yeah, we need you to come to the police station. (laughs) We need to talk to you, you know, and like, you know, or a cop shows up and we got to take you in and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, for questioning, it's like, for what? And it's like, well, we can't tell you right now. Like, we got to talk to you at the station, you know, and and just like sitting there wondering, like, what the hell is this all about? And then this whole thing unfolds and you realize that you were part of this elaborate ruse for, you know, months. all these months, you know, yeah. and just all of this stuff and all this money was spent on clothes and mm-hmm. getting the room ready and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And you realize that you were part of this just like crazy Why? lie yeah just this massive lie you know just shrouded in other lies you know i mean (laughs) just like it's just this wreath of lies and yeah i'm just sitting there like as you were talking i was trying to put myself in that position you know of just like the dude's position of not knowing yeah and then all of a sudden or just their partner you know and just like you know you you just like just when you thought you knew somebody, like you had this big connection and you're starting this family and you're making this big leap. And then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out and it's this fucking crazy show. And you're looking like, oh my, like I couldn't even imagine the devastation. And then like how much that would mind fuck your trust yeah. and just everybody around you, you know, yeah. just like I can't trust anybody, you know, I mean, you know. I have personal stories that I'll never review reveal on here of stuff like that, but like, like close acts of betrayal like that of, of just straight up betrayal. And like that, I remember at the time devastating, it's like you committed to this lie so much, you know, and it's like just this whole lie. And the worst part that I thought of it was, is it was effortless. Like the lie was effortless. It wasn't, any kind of price or anything, just like it was just words flowing out of a mouth. You know, it was yeah. like it was just like opening a faucet handle and just the water coming out. Mm-hmm. It was just as simple as that. And um, you know, and then you realize the the game of that. And yeah, I can't even imagine the men in these stories that didn't know. You know, the ones that did know and were a part of it, well, you're worse than yeah, I think you're worse than the person because, like, that's when your little morality trigger is supposed to say up and say, "Yeah, this isn't right." Yeah, you know, 
And that's where I keep bouncing back and forth is you have, you know, the victim spouse and you have the offender spouse. Yeah. And like both of those roles have mm-hmm. just got to be like, that's got to be the worst call you could get. I don't know, you know I which just is worse. Like the guy coming home from his night shift, mm-hmm. finding his wife and two of his kids. Yeah, just butchered. Murdered. Yeah. And the bait, like, and and you know it had to be in his in his mind. She was pregnant. What about the baby? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Yeah, it's just it's so deep. Yeah, it's so deep. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, I I don't know who would have it worse because you have like the victim spouse, which I mean, it's supposed to be the greatest moment of your life. Yeah, you know. But again, the same with the offender spouse. It's supposed to be the greatest moment mm-hmm. of your life, and you're mm-hmm. gonna have this just life changing thing. And you know, they're the beginning of you're our excited. Family. No, but you're yeah. excited. You're scared. You're you know, you're all that stuff that you know uh, an expected parent would have. Mm-hmm. And and for it to flip sideways like this, yeah. I mean, it, hey, wow, yeah, yeah, it's like I said, you brought it up. I did. And you're like, I want to do this as a story. And I remember just looking. You're like, guess what? This this is a thing. And I was just looking <laughs> and I told you, I was like, you know what? If you told me that before we did the podcast, I would have been like, holy crap. Um, but yeah. after the podcast, I, you know, and just some crazy things I've seen in my life. I, I'm at a point now where I'll believe just about every, anything. Yeah. I think anything's possible. Yeah. I think people will do... The craziest things, and this gets back to, you know, where I was saying earlier, this is why pride is one of the more deadlier sins, because pride right here is in the way. There's no humility here, none whatsoever. It's full of narcissism. It's all about this person and this little world that they're creating, even if it's not realistic. But the, the lack of humility to sit there and say, no, I can't have a child. Or I'm sorry, spouse, you know, yeah. um, I can't do this. Or or just looking in the mirror and saying, yeah, I, I can't have a child or, you know, just whatever. Th- you know, that's humility mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's, that's humility that you've got to have that conversation with yourself. And it just goes to show if you've got too much pride in the way, you're not going to have any room for, you know, the more pride you have, the less humility you have. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have both. You know, you you got to give one up, you know, and that's where you definitely, once you start practicing a life of humility, you start seeing it. You see where your pride gets in the way. You see, yeah. like it happened to me today mm-hmm. on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it right there. Just like I just got consumed mm-hmm. by an event. You know, and the reason was is because I couldn't take myself out of it. Mm -hmm. And then the moment I took myself out of it, the peace Mm -hmm. that surged through my soul was healing. It was it was incredible, you know. And, you know, I, I really like in one stance can really like have so much sympathy for these offenders, like the amount of hurt that you gotta have and the amount of just pain you got to have to 
to do this because in doing this, that the hope is is that that pain's going to go away. Or it's the absence of that. They just mm-hmm. don't feel anything. And no, they do I, this in an act to feel something. Maybe, but I I see it more as the pain is just so bad to admit. Again, the hum, the humility route. You know, the pain is so bad to go through that path mm-hmm. to admit to yourself that you can't have children mm-hmm. and that you can't do this and you can't do that. And rather go through that pain, chase pleasure mm-hmm. in this direction. And that's what it is. It's pleasure. Because yeah. we were talking before about how there's, you know, there's pleasure and then there's, uh, I forgot what the middle one was, but ultimately it's joy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, pleasure, happiness, and joy. You know, and if you're, so in this case, this is where I look at this, where it's in context, is all of these little things that they're doing, gaining the weight, Mm -hmm. looking pregnant Mm -hmm. in the mirror, that's pleasure. You know, getting, buying that little thing on the shelf, you know, for your new baby that you're not pregnant with, you know, that's the pleasure. That's the pleasure of it. And then all of a sudden that builds a whole day of happiness, but it's fake pleasure. It's Mm -hmm. fake happiness. Mm -hmm. It's there, it's, there's a trap door under all of it. And what you're going for is this joy of motherhood mm-hmm. that you are taking the biggest gamble on to get that joy. And you're taking all of this misdirected pleasure, all of this misdirected happiness to get to that joy. And again, I'm going to say it for what it is. That's pride. There's no mm-hmm. humility there. To it's, 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 it's easier, I think, for that person to go that route, chase the pleasure like a drug addict. Or whatever, and and it rather than sit there and confront the problem, right? You know, <clears throat> so what they're doing is is they're running away from that problem and pushing it away as far as possible. I'm not going to talk about that to the point where it's no, I, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you were, you know, no, I'm pregnant. You mm-hmm. know, there was one story I was reading here where the ex husband actually came out and like blew the case open. You know. Because she was talking about how oh, how she was pregnant and all this other stuff. And ex-husband's like, no, you had your tubes tied. Yeah. With me. You know, and, and like they so brought it in. some of you may be asking yourselves, hey, there's a pretty famous case in Chicago that you guys just didn't even cover. Well, <laughs> the reason being is she's going to get her own entire episode because there's just that much information. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of detail. Yeah. In, in that there's, one. There's a lot in that one. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, y- you have these, you know, there's stories where the ex-husband will come yeah. forward and be like, yeah, no, she can't, she can't she be can't pregnant. It's impossible. Yeah. You know, and then. No. You can have your tubes tied and you can get IVF to become pregnant. No, you can. Yeah. You know. But you're not, you're not you, doing it But the you got to say you way. did IVF. I, yes. You know, and correct. that's, and, and in that certain case, that's where. Yeah. That didn't happen. She was saying she got naturally pregnant, you know. So, I mean, again, like, could you imagine being the spouse or the partner, you know, and you're sitting here going through all this event and then like an ex-husband comes and it's just like, yeah, no, that's. Yeah. That's not, that's mm-hmm. not, that's not possible. You know, well, what, what the fuck do you know? It's like, dude, I know. Yeah. You know, and, and then, yeah, you sit there and just like, again, there's the, the lie mm-hmm. and that's the betrayal. You know, and I tell you, betrayal like that, boy, it's got to be hard to recover from, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, you know, that's what I don't think people understand with lies is how much that really fucks somebody up. No. Lying, yeah. you know, and like, you know, with me, like I can, 
be forgivable on a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be better and better on that mm-hmm. every day of my life. But man, I got no room for lying. No. Lying just drives me nuts, you know, because, yeah, if you can lie to me once or lie to me on If little, you can lie to me about something, something little. Or, or, or even moderate or anything, you know. What else are you lying about? What else about? are you lying about? Like, it's a betrayal of trust. And especially, like, in relationships, it's so hard because that whole honeymoon period you're going through when you first get together is that whole finding things, mm-hmm. you know, and discovering things. And, oh, you do that? Oh, that's pretty cool. Even if you never would have been into it before. But right, you're yeah. all wrapped in the love and you're like, you know, oh, he's into golf. And, you know, the girlfriends would be like, you fucking hate golf. Yeah. You know, was, yeah, but, you know, it's cute when he does it. You yeah, know, but or no, something but, like, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. And there's that honeymoon period through there. And you're kind of lying to yourself in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people do, but. But you're you're establishing your groundwork and, and your foundation of your relationship, believe it or not, yeah. in those periods. And then what happens is is like the lies don't really start to be hurtful and effective till you're like three to six months in mm-hmm. at like a minimum because you're sitting there and you're like, you know, I think I can trust this person. Mm-hmm. So you start trusting this person with this, you start trusting this person with that. Like I remember you when we first started dating, quote unquote, you know. You took me to a bakery, like a dessert place, and that was your place. That was your place that you went to by yourself, and it was your thing, and you didn't really want to share it with somebody. You know, it's where you stole my graham cracker crust. But but no, I remember you saying that. You're like, this is a me thing, and I'm sharing, you know, and I knew it was a big deal. Like and the biggest deal was sharing the Ren Fair with you. Yes. No. And then that was the next one. But but the the bakery was first, you know, and then the Ren Fair. But Here's I remember the, the Ren Fair because I would have been perfectly fine if you were like the bakery places, eh, you know. No, but you were sharing things that were only yes. yours. And yes. that's like a really big deal mm-hmm. in a relationship that a lot of people take for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the Ren Fair, I knew damn well what was on the line there. That was something you I really loved. So that was something you really enjoyed. Nervous. And you did not want me to go there and just like totally just dislike it or, you no, know, like it, ruin I, it. And I, I would have been okay if I would have been disappointed if you didn't like it. Because yeah. then that would mean I'd have to go by myself. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know. No, I, what if it affects the dynamic? Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's what I'm getting at. You know, so there's those moments where you're earning trust yeah. back and forth, yeah. you know, and we're showing each other things, you know, that hey, this is this is something I hold very sacred. This is yeah. important to me. Yeah. And then if you go, "Oh, really?" and laugh, this? that hurts, you yeah. know. I mean, that hurts yeah. a lot, you know. Yep. And and then so you go and you earn this trust and you get this whole rapport set up and and you become a, a tighter relationship. And then the problem is, is ultimately a lie comes in there and and it throws it away, mm-hmm. all of it, because now you're sitting there and saying, well, did you lie to me about this? Did you mm-hmm. lie to me about that? You know, and that's where human biology will just turn around and eat itself, mm-hmm. you know, because now, you know, especially someone like me, I can get fucking neurotic about it, you know. I used to. And and that's where I sit there and I say, like, I yeah, there was a lot of relationships. I was the, probably the number one problem mm-hmm. or we were both competing for number one right, and yeah. switched on days. But, oh, yeah, I knew 
I definitely had a neurosis to me that just, you know, I would get neurotic about stuff and it's all I could think about. That's all. You get compulsions. Oh, yeah. You, uh. I dive in deep on things. You do. You know, and yeah. Like I can see you spiral, like working your way through. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, let's see what happens when we come on the other side of this. This is going to go one of two ways. No, well, I remember, I remember being in like another room and, and you were at the house and I remember my mom approaching to you and it was when we were getting the apartment and all that. And my mom walked over and you're like, just make sure he eats. Mm-hmm. He won't eat. Mm-hmm. Just make sure he eats. And mm-hmm. I just sat there and I was like, I was like, oh, my mom loves her. You know, <laughs> it's like she's, <laughs> she's sharing the secrets, you know, yeah. and, and stuff like that. Cause I've always been like that. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I will go and, mm-hmm. and I don't eat, I don't sleep. I mm-hmm. don't, you know, yeah. yeah, I, I get into things. With all due respect to your mom, I'm less concerned about you eating and I'm much more concerned about you sleeping. Yeah. 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 Well, no, cause that. <laughs> cause that's problematic. Yeah. There are actual physical. No, we already saw where that can go. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is not good. We, yeah, we saw where that can go, but yeah, but yeah. So. In a sense, I can identify with something like this where the tractor beams Mm -hmm. get set and that's all you see. But I've also learned as I've gotten older, Mm -hmm. you've got to have humility. You've got to say, you know, for me, like my my thing with it is I'll look at something and say, you know what? All right. I don't know how it works. Mm -hmm. And it's not the end of the world. Right. You know, and again, that's humility Mm -hmm. getting in your life. And enriching your life. And then what you find out is that's freeing. Yeah. That's huge, huge freedom right there. Yeah. So in my mind, I had it flipped around 180 degrees where I needed to know how that works so I was freer. Right. And then I and then I realized getting older, it's freer to say, I don't need to know that right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't need to ever know it. Mm-hmm. But right now... I don't need to know that. Right. Or I don't need to get deep in the weeds with that. And uh, that's where I see the tragedy here mm-hmm. is there's someone that just got so locked in yeah. to the idea to distort reality, mm-hmm. to change reality. Yeah. And and even things that are simple as, fa- you know, like, like you think, you think it would be so hard to fake a pregnancy, but these people pull it off. You know, and they pull it off amazingly well. And that's what gets with the researcher that was doing mm-hmm. the stuff. It's like, no, there's a whole there's a whole layer under here of right. methodical planning, mm-hmm. methodical lying, mm-hmm. you know, and keeping the story. There's a pathology keeping, there. There's a massive pathology there. Because you've got the pathological lying, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. It, it's it's all the role playing, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. And then psychopathy. Just, and base just bathe that all in narcissism, yeah. you know, and yeah, you've got a incredible thing. That's why I was so fascinated about this. It wasn't just the act of it happening. It's, it's the whole way to get there. Right. You know, it's just unreal to me that mm-hmm. you could go that freaking far that long mm-hmm. for one thing, you know, I mean, that's, um, it's pretty nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really crazy. I say this is probably one of the more crazier ones we've done. You know, I mean, it's, 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 in, a, it's, it's in a handful of them. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. Yeah. 
Because no one wins in this whole thing. No. Everybody loses. Everyone loses, you know. At best, the the baby survives. At yeah. worst, you've lost both parent yeah. and child. But even, you know, say the parent makes it through, you know, and all that. The fucking trust issues you're going to have, you know, like, will you ever feel safe? You know, will you... You know, and that's with a lot of these crimes. That's, you know, like with rape victims and all that, the trust and, you know, just being able to go outside and do things. And, you know, you're taking people's raw freedom away. Yeah. You know, their self, their self-driven freedom is gone. It's such a sad state of affairs with stuff like that. And that's what people don't understand. I, you know, especially like I said, with rape victims, people get, you know, well, yeah, that happened. It's like, no, that didn't happen. That just, that's going to go on for a long time you know and and you hope that someone can just coexist with that in their life you know Mm -hmm. and and try to find some peace in that and the people that i talk to that do have peace with it i look at it as like a miracle you know it's just a massive miracle that they were able to go through that process and i spoke to a woman who uh went through just like a violent rape and um it was when I was speaking with her, it was 20 years past since mm-hmm. it happened. And uh, and you'd never know, like, just joyful person, happy, you know, and all that. And, and Yeah, was... but you know what? It took every single day of the, that. Oh, no, she told me. She's to like, find that joy. It was five years of complete darkness. Yeah. Like, massive yep. darkness. And, you know, she was getting really on a, like, just a level with it, you know, of just, yeah, it was five years of darkness. Like, can't trust anybody, mm-hmm. don't want to talk mm-hmm. to anybody, hate myself, mm-hmm. hate the world, hate mm-hmm. everything, you know. And and that just shows to me that, like, so, it, man, to see someone crawl out of that, I mean, that's just such a miracle to me. It's it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So before we uh, wrap up, yeah, I, I want to do a little PSA. And yeah. I don't normally do this. <laughs> this is normally yeah. your shtick. Yeah, it usually is my shtick. But. but any of our listeners who are parents and have children or you have to know someone that has children, uh-huh. they need to listen to this podcast. And it's The Briefing Room, Season 2, Episode 1, Rue Powell. R-O-O-P-O-W-E-L-L. This is very important. I cannot stress this enough. So what's the name of the podcast again? The Briefing Room. Yeah. Rue Powell is the founder of Safe from Online Sex Abuse, or SOSA. And in her, which they they conduct online stings to lure would-be abusers out into the open, et cetera, et cetera. To essentially get sexual predators off the street. Yeah. And she also has a show, which is also in season two, which is Undercover Underage. This, I would have to say, is required listening for parents. Anyone who has any sort of contact with children, this is extremely important. She shares some very important information She has tips for parents on how to communicate with your children, how to make them situationally aware, which in an era when you have given your children phones, 
how often, I mean, how many times have we gone out to dinner and seen teenagers sitting at a table glued to their phones? They are not paying attention to anything around them, and they are not taking into consideration just that act of having that phone in their hand is making them susceptible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's the platform of where they're at as well. Yeah. Yeah, because like you brought up this episode to me, and I definitely agree it's recommended listening. You know, I've been in cybersecurity for years. I don't have kids, mm-hmm. and I forget. I forget that people don't know any of this stuff. No. And um, I'm basically not trying to sound cryptic, but this is, you know, this explains basically the the environment of being online social media yes uh this goes out to games too yeah you know there's these subcultures that are hiding in, in these, plain sight in these platforms yep. in these presences yep um and they have specific agendas in mind mm-hmm. they have specific goals they go for but even outside of that mm-hmm. you know i i've spoken to to parents before you know and they'll i'll hear at one point or another in their evolution of being a parent as their kids get older, they'll talk about, you know, yeah, we have to get, you know, our kids uh, a cell phone or a smartphone or something like that. And I always just shake my head. I'm like, no way. I'm like, get them a phone. You can get them a cell phone. Get you can a, get them a flip phone. No, get them a flip phone, you know. Where they can and they're like, call oh, you. It's socially awkward and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm like, yeah, okay. It might be socially awkward, but the Predatorville that you're exposing, especially Correct. young girls... Yes. Boys, different type of thing. Um, you know, boys, I think the only problem that is with boys in that regard, um, there are predators that are after boys. There are. Um, you know, so you can't deny that. Um, but it's on a different level than with younger girls. Uh, but it's also toxic out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, th- there's a very toxic culture out there because... People will say things online because there's no repercussions for it. Exactly, yeah. So they can troll as hard as they want. Mm -hmm. They can be as mean as they want. They can bully all they want. They can destroy somebody's life and there's no price for it, you know, and and that's that's something you're you're putting your kid out there for. And there is no safe space online. No, there's not. There is not. But what gets me, you know, when we were talking about this Mm -hmm. earlier in the car, what drives me nuts is... I'll sit there and women will be like, you know, well, yeah, no, I do know how it is, you know, with the dick pics and the, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff being yeah. sent, the friend requests yeah. and all that other stuff. It's like, yeah. So you hand you that do to know your this. child. So you just handed this to a preteen. Yes. Or a who teenager. Who has no idea how to deal with how to deal any, with any of, of their emotions. Yeah. They don't know what to do. No. No. Rue was talking about, there was one guy, she goes, every predator has their, their MO, their yeah. their means of operation. Mm-hmm. She goes, There are some that take their time who actually groom the kids. Mm-hmm. There are others who, you know, just hey, you know, I just wanna have fun. I just wanna just wanna make sure you're okay. Yeah. She goes, yeah. and then there's another there's the other guy who just goes immediately to dick pick. Yeah. To yeah. an eight year old. Yeah. No, and just it's, to see what's going to happen, and it's out there. Well, not just see what's going to happen. That's they just his mo. Don't care. No, you know. I mean, uh, you know, and a lot of that is in a sense where it's fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, you send out two hundred dick pics if you get two responses. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's that's how that's how it's fostered, so mm-hmm. to speak. 
But yeah, that's something I don't understand is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to a woman that just, you know, well, yeah, no, it's relentless out there, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, and you're handing this to your preteen teenager. Yeah. And you're putting you know. your kid's picture Oh, don't online. even get me started with that. Don't I, put your kid's pic on uh, your socials. Yeah. Don't. I, I just don't. I don't care. So this is, we had this talk today. Yes. And I think what we're going to do is rearrange some of the episodes for this year. I, I um, think this is because, worthy of its own. Because this is in my wheelhouse. It is. You know, this is really yes. in my wheelhouse. And I'm going to explain um, some real life case examples mm-hmm. of something happening and what happening. And then I'm going to explain an explicit detail from my cybersecurity background of well over a decade. Mm-hmm. I've been in IT for 20 years. I've been in cybersecurity more than 10 years. And I'm going to explain on a very simple level what's going on here, mm-hmm. what they're doing, how they're doing it. Yep. And I'm telling you right now, it's everywhere. It it's is social everywhere. media. It's, it's it's games. It's, it's it's Facebook. It's Instagram. It's TikTok, which I know you're all nodding and say, yeah, I know. Well, you're still doing it, but it's also video games. Yes. Like, a coloring book app also came up. Yeah. A coloring book app. Uh, Roblox is a Roblox yep. is a, a, a huge one that's got a, a ton yep. of subcultures underneath it all. And they're either out there to pillage people for money mm-hmm. and pillage these kids for yep. money um, or hunt them, yeah. you know, and, and go after them. And these are the ones that do eight months of grooming and all of this stuff. Yeah, you know, those noted, are the ones that are in the video games. That and, they're also using that for trafficking. Yeah. Because if they can groom your kid to get your kid away, yeah. then they can take your kid. No, exactly. And this is, this is where I found myself going full mm-hmm. circle because I was really just pissed off with the whole Epstein thing yes, and did a lot of research yep. on that, which I'm going to push out more and more. But where you find out is with all of this child trafficking, um, again, I've, I've just found so much. I don't even know where to start. And I just know I got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you brought this up and I'm like, you know what? We need to just start yeah, this we'll start at this here. step and go from here. It's a big reason why I want to get video on the show because I want to show these sub- Cultures. cultures in action, mm-hmm. you know, and just show it. Um, and and ultimately, I think what I'd like to do is get together with one of these uh, nonprofits yeah. and help because uh, it makes me sick to my stomach. This but, is something that you've always wanted to do. But, oh, yeah, it's something I've wanted to do for years, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like I'm in a really good opportunity in the next year. Mm-hmm. Definitely in a year, you know, I, I could do it. But, you know, right now... I think just getting in the position to to do it full, not full time. I got to work full time, but yeah. full time next to that. <laughs> um, right. But but that's yeah. where we were talking earlier. How I get into things, yeah. you know, this is something I could get into, hundred percent, and it's for the right things yes. and it's for the right stuff. But I'm gonna, sorry, parents, I'm gonna tell you right now, you got to be the front line. Yeah, you've got to see what they're doing. You've yes. got to, you know, my. My sister and her husband had twin girls, and I tell everybody this story. Everybody. I bet my sister has no idea about this, but but they had twin girls, and they had one computer in that house, and it was in the living room. Same. And, we had one computer, I'm, four of us. And I'm sorry, but that's where it needs to go to. Correct. Because if you're working on your homework, 
You don't have to worry about your parents seeing that. No. There's nothing sneaky about that. Nope. But the moment your kids are getting sneaky about what's on their phone and what's on their computer, you need to figure out what's going on yeah. there. And I'm not saying somebody's hunting them, but something's happening. Something's happening. Something's yeah. happening of some kind. And you wouldn't believe the grooming that's going on there. And we're going to get into that. Yeah. Is it going to piss people off? I hope so. Yeah. I really do. It should also because... be noted when it comes to teenagers, especially and sexting and uh, pictures mm -hmm. that depending on the state they're in, both the person who requests the picture and the person who sends the picture can both be charged. Mm -hmm. And they are felonies depending on the state that you're in. Yeah. So this is this is big doings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These well, are conversations that need to be had. The days yeah. of just, you know, like hanging back and letting your kids figure shit out. No, you got to you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to suit up yeah, you gotta and you got to get in the game. You got to figure out how this stuff works. You got to figure yeah. out how the games work. You yes. got to figure out all this stuff, you know, yes. and it's just, um, you know, I'm I look at it this way as I'm I'm willing to help mm -hmm. and just at least get some information out and some awareness on mm -hmm. it. But it's it's a big problem. And this is where I, you know, I say it all the time. I. I think the whole internet idea is going to bomb mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Yes. It's going to get to a point where it's just, um, it's a thing out there, Yeah, but it's, it's more trouble than it's worth, you know? Yeah, and, and that's 100%. where it's, that's where it's at at this and point. And I think that you know? just shows, if I'm being honest, yeah. I think the internet is a perfect picture of humanity because here we are, mm -hmm. we were given this opportunity where oh, we yeah. could have just used this for, as a tool yeah, for good to things. learn anything, yeah. anything and everything to keep yeah. to keep expanding ourselves. Yeah. And this is what we did with it. Yeah. This is this is the best we could do. Ten second TikToks. Didn't take us long. Yeah. No. Didn't take us long at all. Twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. and that's that's where I look at. Like the early part of the internet was awesome. You know, it really was. I even from a hacking perspective no yeah. it was cool you know i mean you had easy access to everything you could i remember the first time i got into a bank and like that was like oh my god that was amazing you know and um are you sure you want to say that on the oh, podcast years and years ago <laughs> back with dial up and you know like yeah it was just um it was amazing like i and i couldn't believe it because like there you had you didn't have Google, so there wasn't a whole lot of search engine stuff. Mm -hmm. There was stuff that you could go through like AOL and see, you know, but you could get different um, dial-up uh, service providers, and that would get you into yep. the the non-AOL stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And then what you would use is uh, like scanning software that either you code yourself or, mm -hmm. you know, mostly because, I mean, they didn't just have that stuff out there. So you'd code it yourself or you'd meet a couple people and one person came up with something, you know, but a lot of it, sometimes you would just poke an IP address in there, see what happens, mm -hmm. you know, and this is all like command line looking yeah. stuff, nothing sexy, you know, that yeah. you see on like whatever the show is. What is that called? Uh, I haven't even watched it. Everybody asked me that. They're like, oh, you're in cybersecurity, Mr. Robot. They're like, or oh, you're robot or Mr. no, it's Mr. Robot, you know, and, uh, there's seasons and seasons of it. And I love that because people are like, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I'm in cybersecurity, you know, and, uh, oh, you watch that Mr. Robot show? And I'm like, no, 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 I haven't. I heard it's good. 
And so oh, I was you're gonna, in cybersecurity. Uh, Your house must be all all packed. full of electronics. Yeah. No. No. No, no. it's not. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you, we have no Alexa. We no. Don't use Siri. No. 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 We yeah. don't have smart light bulbs. No. We don't have the Nest. No, no. We've got the old. Yeah. We got the old thermostat. We got. Yeah. We do have the old <laughs> thermostat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's um, we got the legit OG thermostat downstairs. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you used to just plug addresses mm-hmm. in, and y- you know you you'd have like a list of them, and then yep. that's how you figured out how subnetting worked with addresses and stuff like that, and and so uh, yeah, you just go through and plug one in there. Okay, cross that out. There's nothing there, and you had like your own little yeah. book. That was your search engine. Like, yep. okay, this one's this. I don't know what that is. I'll check that out. This one needs a password. I'll still keep messing around with that and you know and people are doing stupid passwords because yeah you know there was only a handful of us out there checking this crap you know yeah. and then yeah i remember i punched this one thing and i uh used like a couple password username and password sequences and then i get in it was a bank and i was like well this is fucking crazy and i'm looking at all the customers <laughs> i'm looking at all the money they got and all that stuff and and this was before all this elaborate stuff like they yeah. didn't have firewalls they no. didn't have all this crazy stuff through there it was wide open, you know, and I've just seen how much the internet's transgressed from there. But I remember like AOL Messenger and I remember Yahoo Messenger. And that was like the two ways you used mm-hmm. to chat and all that. And you know what? It's no different. It's no different. It hasn't changed. Mm-mm. One quick story. I was watching this uh, show and it was uh, this guy, young kid, uh, I think like 18, 17, something like that. And he gets to chatting with this girl online and um, beautiful, beautiful young girl, same age. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pictures of her in bathing suits mm-hmm. on a beach and stuff like that. And uh, so they go from chatting to, hey, want to talk in real mm-hmm. life, you know. So they call each other and they're talking on the phone and having these long conversations. And, you know, it goes on for weeks and weeks and then months, you know, and. And they were a distance away from each Mm -hmm. other, you know, so that's, you know, they couldn't see each other. And then uh, one day um, they were going to go to meet and um, the guy goes up to meet and uh, this is how the whole case started. They found him dead in the parking lot. And um, basically uh, she, um, he goes to meet up and all that. It was the chick's mother. Yeah. I want to do an episode on that. And, um, and it's it she had a uh, a love triangle. Mm-hmm. It was her and two dudes, mm-hmm. an older guy, yeah, and a younger guy. But this younger guy, yeah. yeah. So so basically like he, you know, she thought, "Oh, you know what? I can convince him, mm-hmm. you know, and uh he'll see he'll understand because he knows me. Mm-hmm. It's not her yeah. that she was it was me, you know, and and she had this all again in her head, yep. you know, of of this this alternate reality yeah. and getting totally versed in the mm-hmm. alternate reality and throwing out reality as a result of it. And, uh, yeah, she ended up killing him and, uh, yeah, left him right there dead in the parking lot. And yeah, I can't even imagine. And again, that's where I look and I say like, I can't even imagine the daughter. Yeah. Like finding all that out yeah. and like using yep. her, Yep. You know, mother using her for all that. Yeah, but, I definitely want yeah. to do an episode. But all that. these picks that you're sharing of your kids that can all be used against them, uh, it can, 
yeah, you know, and that's like I said, one that's a big reason I want to get the video yeah. on this because I want to show, you know, how they're doing that. Yep. It's not hard. It's yeah. easy. Because here's the thing. <laughs> they're gonna if they're talking to your kid online, which they probably are, you've now given them a photo. So now they know what they look like in real life. It's not that hard yeah. to correlate the two. Well, no, and in short, here's what it is, you know, without getting too deep into it, because we gotta wrap up, but but this is important, uh, you know, as you were mentioning. You do a year's worth of photo of your kids, someone who is looking at them as a candidate to pursue. Mm -hmm. They know what sports they do. Yep. They know what they're into. Yep. They know when their birthday is. Yep. They know when all of these things are. Mm -hmm. And it's all innocent shit that you're putting out there. Yep. They also know just looking at the outfits they wear, maybe what their favorite colors are, yep. what type of style of their things. school. Oh, went to this concert, went yep. to that concert. So they're a huge Taylor Swift fan. So, yep. uh, you know, I'm a Swifty too, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, Swifties unite, you yep. know, and, and, you know, here you go, you know, and, um, yeah, eventually, like you were saying, there's these ones that go right after them, but there's the slow grooming oh, ones yeah. that are eight months, a year, yeah. just chipping and away, you've literally acting given like a them friend. All the information that You've they given need them everything to exploit they, your child. Everything they need to, you know, establish rapport. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and and the thing is, is, you know, you think your kid will talk to you about everything, but you watch these cases where they're going on, and those are all the same parents where they're like, yeah, my daughter talked to me about everything, mm -hmm. you know, but they had this one secret. The one thing. You know, yep. and, and that that uh that offender is going to put your daughter in that position you know yeah. and but but they're smart enough to say i'm not putting you in that position you i'm going to make you think it's your idea yeah you know and yeah. and that it's safe and all that and you know and parents yeah your children do not have their own autonomy until they are 18 mm -hmm. so they live under your roof yeah their phone is not their phone. It's your phone you bought them that yeah. you supplied and provided oh, to exactly. them in the room that you also pay for and allow mm -hmm. them to use. Well, so, you know, yeah. there should be some expectations there. And there's a there's a lot of that, you know, but but I also get where it comes from because I mean, we're from that generation mm -hmm. and, you know, the generations of that are older than us came from that same deal where you grew up in a town or an area and there was those four crazy people you had to stay away from. Right. You know, the world was a lot smaller. It's not small and anymore. And it's just not small anymore. It's a huge world. Yeah. And it's a huge thing, you know. So instead of four weird people they have to avoid, it's now four million or yeah. a billion people. Yeah. You know. They have to avoid. Well, and then there's the, and <laughs> again, it's kind of hard to, tighten this up and yeah. and move on but but you know a thing to consider is is there's that whole dopamine effect with social media yeah you know we're getting the likes and all that you mean to tell me that when a young girl figures out that she can wear like a bikini or some tight shorts yeah. or whatever and then all of a sudden she's got a hundred thousand new fans and yeah. then you know the currency of that in school mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know the currency of that in the social groups that oh i got a hundred thousand followers i got two hundred fifty thousand followers yeah. you know that's a that's a big it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And and then you got to ask yourself, well, all right, how are you getting these followers? Yeah. You know, because if it's making cakes, 
you know, or, you know, doing like a sewing thing or, sure. you know, or even just being like a Twitch, uh, like, um, you know, because this is something people our age and older don't understand. It's like being a Twitch star and a YouTube star is the thing now. Yeah. That's what kids desire for. Yeah. You know, and that's fine, but mm-hmm. it has to be with some guardrails. Correct. You know, so again, if you're going to be a Twitch star and it's just because people like your personality while you're playing video games, great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Get as many viewers as you can. Try to monetize it. Make some money. Mm-hmm. Not against that, but also realize that that's going to come with a, this whole, whole other, other type of, of responsibilities and, yep. and things that you have to worry about because now, I'm sorry, your kid's famous. They got 500,000 yeah. followers. Yeah. And maybe... 400,000, 450,000, maybe even 490,000 of them are really legitimate, like true follows and like real good people. That leaves 10,000 people that are there for no good, you know, and, and that's, and that's all you need is one to make a impact and a connection. So Rue suggests, and I agree that you know, the passcode to your kid's phone, your kid has to Hand over the phone. Yeah. Any app they get, you get to. Mm-hmm. You get to find out what the actual parameters of the app are, and then you can say to your child whether or not they can keep it. Also, yeah. when they add someone as a friend, they need to be able to tell you who that person is, how they met, how they connected. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it's just some rando, no. Yeah. You don't get to you don't get to have that person as a friend or a follow mm-hmm. because that's the only way you can keep yourself safe. Yeah. And that's where I'm Safer. sorry. Yeah. And that's where I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. say, just get rid of all of it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, agree. It's just uh, it's, you know, yeah. Once you're an adult, I think, yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think, yeah, that's an area mm-hmm. I, I put it in the I put it in the same circumstance as a like a an alcoholic dance club. You know, like a dance club with alcohol. You don't have people under 18 attending there. Mm -hmm. Um, They do. Right. And that doesn't work out generally well for them. Yeah. But the kind of legally, but the societal rule is yeah, you should be 18 and over to do that. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's the same thing with this type of stuff. Yes. You know, um, because here's the other thing the the other part of it that's tough is all right, now you're going to police it. How yep. the hell are you going to police that? You can't. You know, between different countries mm-hmm. and different states and different, you know, um, you know, cultures. And mm-hmm. it just it's it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And then to the brutal dicta- dictator, the brutal dictatorship that would have to take place to do that. And yeah. that's what they're trying to figure out now. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be even worse. And they're going to go after the wrong people, mm-hmm. you know, Um so, yeah, that was a long way around all that, but baby yeah. snatchers and yeah, we kind of came up with that other stuff today. We we're yeah. talking about it. And what's that podcast one last time? The Briefing Room. Okay. And it's season two, episode one, Rue Powell, R-O-O-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it's Sosa. Yeah, definitely check it out. And um, it's it's definitely something we're going to be looking at doing mm-hmm. more of next year. Uh, we got this year kind of all gritted out <laughs> but uh yeah so that's uh baby snatchers or yeah. uh fetal, fetal ab- abduction. abductions 
Uh, Which sounds a lot like aliens took their babies. It really does. Yeah, yeah. that's why I like yeah. baby snatchers. Yeah. So we got Cult of the Month. We do. Next week. We do. And we, we've got a fairly uh, recent fr- one. Fairly recent one. Yeah. yeah, it was in the news for a while there, and we were going to do it earlier, but then we were more like, stuff was coming. Yeah, and we were, we're like, like, let's hold out on this. Let's let all, all this stuff slip out, and then yes. we'll uh, check it out. It's the Kenya Death, death Cult. Yes, the Doomsday Starvation Cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. I think like there's usually like cult of the month comes like ah, average cult stuff. Then there's this fucking thing. Holy cow. <laughs> Unreal. So yeah, that'll be uh, next next week. Cult of the month. Can you death up. cult? <laughs> yep. We'll see you then. Uh, and uh, let's see. Yeah, please email us at oth at seriouslydecent.com or uh, send us a message through Facebook if you're in the group uh, with any kind of questions or anything you have for, for the, the hot sauce. Halloween. The Halloween hot sauce challenge. Yep. And um, also any kind of topics you'd like us to check out. Yeah. Do that as well. But um, yeah, I think it's time for rule number one. <sighs> no Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. None at all. No. Rule number five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Yeah, and if you are questioning that, stay tuned for next week. Yeah. Or you can check out the past ones. Yeah, and you'll be like, eh. Yeah. Next rule. No apathy. You need to act to help and act a positive change in this world. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. What about black-eyed kids? Nope. Yeah. Black-eyed people, people. black-eyed animals. Yeah. Yeah. We've got an episode on that, too. We do. If you think we're just being offensive, check the episode out first. And no ketchup for your apple. No, no. <laughs> last... And if you want to know what that's all about, yeah. listen to Black Eyed Children. And last but not least. Just listen. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe don't go on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're on the internet to listen to us. They so, are. They are. Know. But hey, if it were to mean things would be better i'd be okay with that same i really would same i really would we'll find something or maybe else. no kids on the internet we'll, we'll find something else to I don't do know. <laughs> we will definitely find something i else mean it's to not do. like there's not other yeah. things to do but as always thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your participation with the podcast and the group uh we are just amazed at uh just how awesome all of you are and uh, just some of the funniest things you share on the podcast uh, um, Facebook group and some of the just cool stuff you communicate with on email, um, just different episode uh, suggestions and things that, you know, we would never think about. So um, we just uh, have one simple request uh, through this whole thing through October is if you could share our uh, our, 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 our podcast uh, on your you social media link. feeds, mm-hmm. um, either the link through your platform or ohthehorrorpodcast.com um, and just uh, yeah maybe share with some kind words you know uh, but that's basically our main vehicle aside from some lucky algorithms that work yeah. our way so with that being said have an amazing day a lovely week and the little spider in my nose and I say make good choices <laughs> take care <laughs>